0: Guys, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Thanks for tuning in with me. Hope you're out there being safe and um, quarantining and doing what you need to do, wherever you are. Some of you are your states are opening up, so hopefully you're being safe wherever you are and you are all good. Um, so today I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. I am tired as hell. I got my tea. It is like perfect cuddling weather and just cuddling with your bed because I'm single. So I have nobody to cuddle with. But it's just that good old weather to just lay in your bed, eat some food and watch some old stuff. Not even a new show. Like watch some old stuff. I think I'm going to go home and watch some Charmed when I'm done with this. Don't judge me. Charmed is my favorite show. But before I can do that, I need help. Dear white people, I need your help. And that's what this episode is about. Um I'm pretty sure like the rest of you, um these last couple of weeks have been very um tra- um traumatizing for some and alarming for others. You know, not only are we, you know, still dealing with, you know, the deaths from the COVID-19 We've had celebrity deaths. We've had, you know, just things that we're going through. And to top it off, we see this video emerge of a young man who was just doing nothing but being black and jogging. And in the midst of him doing that, he's murdered. Um, um And it's basically a modern day lynch. Which is what we have been seeing a lot lately, and it happened in February. You know, so you know, um, it's you know May, and you know this happened in February, and but we're just now being alerted about it for many for many reasons. Um, pretty sure we probably would have heard about it if coronavirus wasn't going along, or. We probably wouldn't have because they tried so hard to not get it out to the public, and this is just where we are right now. And I wanted to do this episode basically because we need help. You know, we we the um the African American community, um the Hispanic community, uh, all people of color cannot make the change on our own for many reasons one we are not a lot of us aren't in the position um in in the government you know to make those changes you know and also we need help you know we need we need white people to help us we need them to be the voices for us to stand up because we can't be the voice you know um at this point we need we, we need help and so I wanted to talk about a few things um just to break down some stuff also with some of the things that's going on with social distancing while black and just the privilege that we've been seeing for centuries that has not gone anywhere, but it just it's at a point to, to where I, I honestly can't even have a conversation with some um, white people because they automatically get extremely defensive and I just don't understand why. It's like, why are you defensive? And so I just really had to take a step back and break some things down to get a better understanding for myself because I don't know about you, but it's, it's hard talking to people and then when they become very dismissive you know, then it turns into an argument, you start deleting each other, you start cussing at each other, it just gets really bad. So I said, let me step back and try to break some things down because, I mean, I have all the time in the world to keep deleting people off of Facebook, but I'm tired of it. I actually don't want to delete you, I want to understand you. But what prompted me to do this topic was a really bad argument I had with someone who I thought was a friend of mine on Facebook. And I made a status saying, you know, like, dear white people, can you stop killing, you know, killing us, you know, sincerely, you know, angry black man or something. And he got really upset about my status. Like he inboxed me and was like, you know, hey, I guess I'll just stop doing that during the weekends. And I said, was that a joke? And he was like, well, I'm just saying, you know, basically he, he felt like I, labeled all white people with my status and I didn't I didn't say all white people in my status I just said dear white people and I'm sorry it's not like I said you know dear white people you know stop wearing white socks I said dear white people stop killing us so if you're not killing black people you really should not be feeling any type of way about that status but he was And I had a whole conversation, it it, it just really, it really went to the left field, mainly because I didn't like the way he started the conversation, you know, with the little joke, I didn't think that joke was funny, and so I wanted to first start this conversation talking about privilege and, you know, what it really means, because I think that people have... I think people understand it, but I don't think they really do understand what that privilege is, what what, what their privilege is on white people. Um, and a lot of uh, and just, just, a, just a little pin in this. My godparents are white. I have white family members. I have a lot of white friends. My producer is white. <laughs> She's sitting right here. And I love her. And I have great relationships with like, white people. So this isn't about, you know, this, this isn't about attacking. This is about helping me understand, helping me to help you understand. For those um, white people who are listening, maybe for some black people who are listening that have white people in their life that they want to help understand as well because no one wants to lose relationships with people that they love because they simply just don't understand them. And so what I want to talk about privilege is a lot of people don't know what the definition of privilege is. So the definition of white privilege is actually a definition of white privilege. Just, just just to, just to let you know, it refers to the collection of benefits that white people receive in a racially structured society in which they are at the top of the racial hierarchy. That's the actual definition. And sometimes people, you know, look at um, white privilege as, you know, mon- in, in a monetary way. And it's not all about money and wealth. Now, we do know that that plays a factor in privilege. And, you know, me saying that, you know, I, if me and another white male walked into a bank, he has a better chances of getting a loan before I do. And we can have the same type of job. His credit can be better than mine's. But why is his credit better than mine's? Maybe he didn't have to take out any student loans for college because he was able to pay for college. Well, why was he able to pay for college and I wasn't? So there is a... There, so it's there's layers to this, and I think if everyone g- gets past the surface and actually starts scratching it by layer and peeling it back, we can get to the roots of the issue, which is why people were born with a natural privilege of succeeding in this country. Remember, my people were slaves. The 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 damn national anthem with the stanza that's missing is about slavery. So I was not supposed to be in this country in a way to succeed. I, My people were brought here to help white people and white America succeed. And so there's a foundation that we, we need to understand that was the foundation of this country was born on the backs of slaves it was it was it it is it, true like that's that's in history that's been proven this country was born on the backs of slaves slaves who made the cotton cotton you know i'm not even gonna go into all that but you know the cotton industry is what drove this economy and it wasn't the white people out there getting that cotton. It was the black people out there doing the cotton. So our labor drove this economy to where it, where it became a place for everyone else to come over here and make a living. But we were still slaves. So we were not given that right. And even when we were freed from being slaves, this is even in my notes, but I just have to say this. Even when we were freed from being slaves, we were not given anything. So majority of African-Americans that were no longer slaves went back to their masters because they had nothing. We were get, we were promised, you know, the, the mules and the acres of land and all that shit, and we never received it. And so where were they supposed to go? They ended up being slaves again and working for their masters because they had nothing. So again, we were never given a fair chance in this country. That's why there's HBCUs because we had to go to school and learn our, and, and to learn because we were not allowed in the other schools. That's why in no slave um, communities, those men and women became doctors and 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 um um the the mothers, with the pregnant mothers, or the 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 midwives, because they couldn't go to their hospitals. So this has been, this is a generational thing. And so you have to really understand it and not in order to know how to fix it. And honestly, it's not something that can be fixed overnight, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's in the history. So it's not going to be able to be fixed overnight. But there are ways to acknowledge it and to make changes in your community, in yourself, in the way you raise your children, in the way you teach. There's ways to change it in a way to where we can make sure that the next generation doesn't have to go through it. So, you know, that's the whole thing with... um. Um, When it comes to privilege. Um, And what's frustrating to me is that. What's frustrating to me is when I talk to people about that and, you know, their privilege and things like that, they, you know, I understand why a lot of white people get upset initially. I get it. I get the initial reaction. Because you are a person i totally get it you know i'm i'm just sitting here and talk to you guys you're a person and there is a way to talk to someone about a, a white person about the white privilege i do believe us as um um as black people we have to be cautious in how we bring up the conversation because you have to understand that you're talking to a human being and you don't want them to feel like you're discrediting Things that they have done and accomplishments accomplishments they have made in their lives. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that you're privileged because you're privileged, you know, that that's why you're smart. That's not what I'm saying. Your privilege may have gotten you the interview. I'm not saying your privilege helped you keep that job. That can be the case, but I'm not initially saying that because that goes by person and person and person. Every individual is different. What I'm saying is your privilege got you got your resume looked at to begin with. Now, your skills and the way you conducted that interview got you the job. That I'm not taking away from you. But if your name is. Um, Ashley Stewart and then this other girl's name is Markeisha Jackson and their both resumes are on this desk I guarantee you Ashley Stewart's resume is going to get looked at first before they touch Markeisha's that's the privilege that's the privilege they can have the same resume they can have the same exact resume but because their names are different. And we know that, you know, companies aren't supposed to do this. But come on now, we know companies do this. This was the this is the one thing I think is dangerous with LinkedIn, with having a profile picture is because now they can see how you look before they even ask you for an interview. And, you know, people think that LinkedIn is cool and I'm not going to judge LinkedIn because I just got my great, my great new job based on LinkedIn. And I love it. But there are people out there that will look at your profile picture before they even call you in for an interview. That's the privilege. And when you're talking to people, when you're talking to white people about it, you have to make sure that you identify it in a way to where. You, they understand it because if you don't, then their egos come into play, Um, especially, you know, white men. They um th- their egos come to play. Well, I worked hard for where I am. You know, you're not going to sit there and say you didn't have the same opportunity. Well, I had this, you had the same opportunity as me. I just chose to better myself. And I chose to not I chose to not be a product of, product of my environment, sir. What environment? were you a product product of in the suburbs sir i'm sorry you know your product being a product of your environment is nothing compared to the young man who lived in Cabrini Green and he had no choice but to join a gang or they were going to a kill him or be rape or terrorize his mother or terrorize him every day as he tried to go to school those are two different products of the environment so Egos come into play sometimes when you um, discuss um, privilege with white people, and also for those who understand it, they be, um, become embarrassed. So um, a lot of white people who get it are embarrassed, and they're ashamed. And I don't want you to feel that way because I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm not blaming you. Uh, specifically for what's going on in this country it's not your fault you weren't even thought of you weren't born your mother wasn't born you know you you're not I'm not even it's not I'm not blaming you for it I want you to understand but sometimes when they become uh, when they become embarrassed they shut down as well and sometimes when they shut down from that embarrassment it turns into becoming defensive and then once they're defensive, it's a whole nother can of worms that neither one of us wants. They start calling names. They probably don't even mean. They just start saying certain shit just because they're trying to defend. They're trying to defend something that they don't even believe in, but it's because they are embarrassed by it and don't know how to convey that, um, that reaction in the right way to what you're saying. So I do believe that us us uh, people of color have to make sure that when we have these conversations with white people, we have to be in the right frame of mind to have the conversation as well. We can't be angry and upset. Like right after this jump, right after we saw this video, it's not the right time to be trying to go to somebody and have this conversation about white privilege. It's, You're not you're we are not in the right headspace to have this conversation simply because we already are tired of the shit yet another person has died that video was very disturbing and you're probably extremely emotional depressed. You know, some people may have had PTSD from, you know, being an experience um, with experiences with either police officers or whatever the case may be. Right after you see that video is not the right time to be trying to talk to someone about their privilege and how they need to help you because you sound angry and I wouldn't even want to help your ass if you talk to me. So you can't we have to make sure that when we have the conversation, we are we are in the right frame of mind. And two, have the conversation with someone that you know is going to listen. We just have to understand that there are just some certain there are just certain racist ass people in this country that aren't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. They are going to believe and and um protect their own. They 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 they're going to believe it, protect it. They they're probably proud of it you there's a certain people you're not going to get through and you have to make sure that you talk to the people that you know that you're going they're going to listen to you and the conversation is going to go somewhere else they're going to say hey you know what i'm going to go talk to somebody i'm going to go start protesting i'm going to start doing this i'm i'm thank you for letting me know i understand now those are the people you need to talk to stop trying to talk to people on first of all social media is not the right place to have conversations with certain people Hell, people can't even take text messages right. People miss, mis- mis- like mess up your text messages like, wait a minute, I wasn't even yelling. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? People can't even take text messages right. So you think talking race relations through social media and on Twitter or whatever is the appropriate place to do it? It's not. If we want to see real change, we need to talk to people face to face. Probably not now because we quarantine and so Zoom they ass or something. But text social media is not the right time to express to people your concerns or people that people that you know will help you with um, seeing change and the other issue is that the conversation is extremely difficult because it's hard to have these conversations when the person who's over the country isn't even willing to have the conversation and that just makes the the battle even harder to fight when the President of the United States comes out and says, "Well, that video must have been edited there there has to be more to the story like what the fuck like you know you know his favorite thing to say, oh they're both they're they're good people on both sides. you know when that whole um situation happened a couple of years ago." And it's like he can't even acknowledge. And I, I wouldn't, I, I don't expect him to because I truly, because he's a racist himself. I mean, he has, he's a document racist. He was sued for keeping black people out of his apartment buildings in the 80s. Like he's a known documented racist. So I don't expect him to jump to our defense. I would be concerned if he did, honestly. So... It makes the battle harder to fight when the person that's in charge of every American, not just white Americans, but every American doesn't even find fault in that video. So those who support him or those who are in his uh, political party, they either become frustrated with him because they don't feel the same way as him but that's their party leader and so they stand behind their party leader so now they're defensive and don't want to talk about it or those who support him who are just racist just become a little bit more racist and a little bit more radical and a little bit more outspoken about their beliefs because the person in charge agrees with them so you have to make sure that when you have this conversation it is just with the appropriate person because somebody can get hurt if it isn't. And I have been on that side of the fence before. Um, What I want to talk to you guys also about is social distancing. And things that have happened in regards to social distancing. Now we have noticed some of you states have opened up. I have no fucking idea why y'all opening up. But hey, to each his own. Like my friend was on... um. My friend was um is in Florida, Orlando, Florida, and she was walking downtown and she was videotaping all these restaurants and that are open, everybody sitting outside eating, and they literally had on like no like nobody had a mask on. Nobody had a face mask on. They were just sitting out there chilling. I know people here who went to vacation in Florida because they know Florida's back open. Airlines are backpacked because people are traveling again. It's like, what in the holy hell? Like, what world are y'all living in? Because where I'm at, people are still dying. Now, I understand life goes on and things have to slowly open back up. I love our governor of Illinois and I love the things that he's doing to slowly open our state back up. But what I have noticed, and it's not really a surprise, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. The social distancing has really it's not the same for everyone you know it's you know even (sighs) the worst thing you can do is tell a a a black man um the, the one the one of the worst things you can do is tell the black man to put on a mask and go anywhere um and especially if he got on a damn hoodie like that's like one of the worst things you can do to tell a black person um i've i've known people who have been kicked out of stores kicked out of walmart's because they will refuse to take their mask off which here in illinois you're supposed to wear a mask outside you're supposed to wear a mask like as of may 1st it is mandatory to have a mask on i've seen people kicked out of stores for wearing a mask I've also seen people um, known people who have been followed around in stores because they have masks on. And um, it's it just seems a little, it seems a little suspect. It, it truly seems like black people are being set up right now. I'm just going to be honest. I feel like it's a fucking setup because now you're telling me, to wear a mask everywhere. So if I'm walking outside in the dark, you know, I'm walking, I have a mask on, I may have a hoodie on, I may have my jeans sagged, or whatever the case may be. Now you're following me. I feel like it is, t- it has turned into stop and frisk. I feel like stop and frisk is, has just, has taken on a new name. And the mask is not helping the situation for us, but we're abiding by the rules. You know, we're you're telling us to wear the mask, but now you're afraid and calling 911 because I have on the mask or I look suspicious. Everybody looks suspicious wearing a fucking mask. You you what do people rob banks with? With masks. Everybody wear is wearing a mask. But why do I look suspicious? Oh all oh, I remember I'm black. I get it. Okay, so yeah, this is definitely a new age. Stop and frisk. So now you're using the same thing that you told me to do as a reason to stop me, search me, figure out where I'm going and then possibly kill me. I feel like black people are being set up right now. Um, We saw this in um, New York. Um, There were some things that came out about um, New York. Um, there was a lot of people arrested for violating the stay at home order because new york is still in shutdown mode but some people just don't give a fuck in new york like new york parks and um parks are just ridiculously full and you know different the police are reacting differently depending on who the crowd is so um excuse me there's a video going around where there are um, um, well, let me go to this first. So, first, um, so between the 17th of March and the 4th of May, 40 people have been arrested in Brooklyn for breaking social distancing rules. One was a white person, four were Hispanics, and 35 were black. Now, there is a picture going around that I've seen everywhere of this white police officer in a park um walking up to a lot of white people that are in the park you know chilling getting tans reading books you know walking their dogs whatever and he's just handing them out masks he just being a good old police officer just handing out masks. now they're not supposed to be there they're not supposed to be there because like i said new york still has a stay-at-home order new york has not um lifted. Any of their restrictions, because New York is still getting hit the hardest, and a governor, governor, governor Cuomo is not playing out there. So there, he's that they didn't arrest them, they didn't give them any citations. They he just walked up and hand the masks. But we then see a video, um, of a police officer approaching um a person of color who was walking her dog. And it was over a dispute of social distancing and he was punching her. Um, actually, no, um, the woman, uh, the video, um, of the person of color was just standing on a corner and walked up to them and punched them. In San Diego, a black woman was arrested for walking her dog in Ocean's Beach on May 1st. The video of the arrest shows three officers repeatedly slamming the woman on the ground while putting her in handcuffs. Now, I don't understand. If you're going to, I'm just going to look. If you're going to beat that black woman for walking her dog, then you need to beat them down white people who are sitting in the park. That's not supposed to be social. That's supposed to be social distancing. Now, nobody should be beaten. I don't believe in anyone should be being like the first time you come up to me. Hey, can you have a conversation? Ask me what the hell I'm doing before you just punch me. But you didn't have that energy with the people who were in the park. Oh, you just want to punch her for walking her dog. Are you fucking kidding me? I, it, it, But are we surprised? Are we surprised? I I mean, you know, black people were born into social distancing. We were, this is a new for us. We were social distancing for, with discrimination with the school systems, with housing discrimination, banks, jobs, mass incarceration. We were born into social distancing. They have been keeping us in our neighborhoods, in our places where they, 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 the government, the police, the police has has been making sure that we that we stay where the hell they can where they want us to stay they don't like us crossing a certain area because then they have to start asking us questions or make sure we get back to that area so social distancing has been is also embedded in this country's dna when it comes to black people so According to the Federal Reserve's um, recent numbers um, from 2016, this is the, the privilege where it comes to monetary. Since that's what everyone fucking cares about is the monetary privilege. Well, then I'll tell you what the monetary privilege is. It says white families had the highest median family wealth at 171,000. Black and Latinos or Hispanic families had $17,600 or $20,700 um, within a household on a yearly basis. That is a huge ass difference in numbers. Like $20,000 a year household ain't shit. Com- especially compared to a $171,000 household. But see, this is the problem. You know, you, you you tell us to work, you tell us to go get jobs, you tell us to do all these different things, but then you harass us, then you arrest us, and then what does that do that puts you in the system? Once you're in the system as a black person and you go to jail, um, jail is supposed to be about ref- uh, uh, rein- re. Rein- Uh, reforming people and it's not reforming people at all jails is not doing what it's supposed to do then the person gets out of jail what kind of job can that person get now that they have a record you know what 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 kind of work can that person do so it's really hard to it's really you know what it is it's really hard to move up in the world when y'all keep fucking with us honestly if you left us alone And let us try to succeed. Let us try to make it because I'm, I'm extremely proud to be a black person because I feel like it's embedded in our DNA for, to try to survive. We have been surviving. We have been, you know, making things happen. We've been creative. We just been, that's something that's really embedded in us because we had to learn it because we had nothing else. But it seems as though that's that, that, bothers a lot of white people and then you just keep fucking with us like if you left us alone we'll be fine you won't be bothered with me well guess what i will not be bothered with your ass either i'm over here doing my thing and i'm fine but you but a lot of white people don't like that they don't like to see us get ahead they they like they like us to stay where we are and you know And just to be honest with you guys, one factor, so for those of you who don't know, I have a new job and I start in the week and I am moving out of state. Now, Um, when I was offered this position, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, I was extremely scared at first. And I think the fear, I'm going to be honest, the fear came with the level of responsibility that I'm going to have now. And not telling anybody how much I'm going to be making, but I have a nice salary with where I'm going. And it's something I've never seen before. I No one in my family has crossed this threshold of a salary. No one else in my family really has a master's degree like I do. And this type of job I'm going to be doing with this company is putting me in a different bracket financially and professionally that I've never been in and it scares me. It scares me because as a black man, I don't know what to, I'm I'm afraid of this. I don't have anyone to call on to say, "Hey, you've done this work before. You you know this is where you are." I don't have like an uncle or a cousin or a father to call to say, "Hey, what help me prepare for this. You know, what should I be making sure I do financially? What should I be making sure I invest my money in? What, you know, do I need to do with this 401k? Like it's, it's it's so many things that have been introduced to me since I've started um getting information for this position that I have never been educated on because I have no no one in my family has reached that level to educate me. So I was terrified at first. I'm be honest. Yeah, it's it's all it's all fine and dandy, but when you get to that level of corporate America and you're a black person, you have to really still be on your Ps and Q's. And I have to be I have to be an example for other people. I have no idea who my employees are. I may have some African-American employees employees working under me because I have 20 people that's going to be working under me that may say, hey, that's a black man in this role. I may be encouraging someone else to do great and to keep going to school and to, um, and to thrive. But then on the other side, there may be a white person in their office that's upset to see me there. And I have to think about all of those things. And that scares the hell out of me, but because I know who I am, I know the God I serve, and I know that He did not bring this opportunity to me to fail, and so I'm I, I'm taking it and I'm going to make the best of it. But I'm also afraid because I I still have to prove myself with this position, and. A lot of black people have to, we we still have to prove ourselves. Even once we get the offer letter, that's when the work starts because we have to still prove ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's a little scary. I haven't told anybody that. That was my first time actually saying that, but yeah, it was scary. Um, but I'm excited. So I'm still gonna be talking to you guys. I'm gonna tell you guys about everything, the transition, but let's just keep going. The last thing I want to talk to you guys about is, you know, just a little bit more details on the um, Ahmaud Aubrey story. Now, just like you guys, I was shocked when I saw this video. I honestly didn't want to watch the video because every video gets worse. And I... <sighs> it it and it seems like it's, it literally feels like every person who makes a video of of shooting or killing an unarmed black person i it feels like they watch the video before theirs to see how they can top it because every video gets worse i i was done when i saw the tamir rice video when that 12 year old boy was shot down by those police officers I was done when they finally released Sandra Bland's video. Like that really did it for me. But this video just did something. Oh, and the um God, it was just so many goddamn videos, you lose track. But this video really did something to me because they literally cornered this man to where he had nowhere to go. He had nothing to do. There was nowhere for him to go but to defend himself. And I, 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 what really gets on my nerve is the white people that are the aggressors and then play victim once, you know, black people seem like, it seems like black people are the only race that have to explain why they're dead. We are the only people that have to explain why we did anybody else. You're looking at the murderers and you're trying to figure out why did you kill that person? It, when we die, especially when we're unarmed, we have to explain why we're dead. Who is the voice for the dead? For us, we don't have it. And that makes absolutely no fucking sense to me When 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 the law is the law. But it seems like the law is not the same for us. So, you know, this whole thing in Georgia with the whole damn, um, citizens arrest and citizens shit. Like, I just don't like, why, like, why do we still do citizens arrest? Like who's st- like, why? Like that was, that's a 1980s type shit. Like we don't have neighborhood watch meetings no more. People don't even know their damn neighbors. Like, why are we still having citizens arrest? Like, why did we ever have citizens arrest? In my opinion, the only reason we had citizens arrest was probably during slavery to keep the slaves where they're supposed to be. That's the only thing I can think of while we ever had a damn citizens arrest. But that's the privilege. They're the privilege right there because I guarantee you, me as a black person, if I see you and you look suspicious, you run running. Guess what? I'm call the police and keep letting you keep running. Tell them what direction you're going. But that's where the privilege is right there people the privilege is of you thinking you can get your guns get in your pickup truck go and drive down and hunt someone down and stop them and shoot them because you think that they're in the wrong that's privilege because if that was a black person they asses would have been in jail in february on february 23rd when it happened there wouldn't be no questions about it. Yes, could they've been arrested. Yes, they've been arrested. But they weren't arrested on February 23rd when it happened. They are only arrested because the public outcry that's going on right now. I saw a meme that says, remember, they didn't arrest them because they saw the video. They arrested them because we saw the video. And that's 100% fucking true. They did not arrest those men because they thought that they were wrong. Now they're talking about a grand jury. What do you need a grand jury for? It's, it's, it's clear as day. Oh, but, um, the, uh, uh, oh, so real quick, my roommate, um, she's, she's woke. She's a woke. She's woke. And my roommate is white. My roommate is white. And she's woke, child. She is woke. She does the incense and everything. She listens to earth, wind, and fire almost every day. The girl is woke, okay? So my roommate sent the video to her brother and was talking to her brother about this. Her brother said, I truly believe this would have happened if the tables were turned. I said, oh, really, sir? So on May 1st, Shannon Brown, if you don't know who Shannon Brown is, Shannon Brown used to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. He was married to the singer Monica. So Shannon Brown had a for sale sign in his driveway. And people walked up to his. Now, this was their story. They saw a for sale sign in his driveway, walked up to his driveway, walked into his house and was looking around. They said that he welcomed them in. And then as they proceeded to leave, he shot at them six times. Now, that story don't make not a goddamn sense to me. Why would he shoot you if he said you guys can come in? He said, yes, there's a for sale sign in my driveway. But I did not say yes to anybody coming in. Next thing I know, there's two people in my house. I chased them out with a gun, shot at them six times. Shannon Brown got arrested for standing his ground in Georgia, the same place that this um, um Ahmad was murdered. And those white men didn't get arrested. And they hunted him down. Shannon was in his house. A black man. And he got arrested and charged but it but but it's the same it, it's the same seriously we got to wake up y'all we have seriously got to wake the fuck up and the way to wake up is that white people have to understand we, we can't keep posting this we, can't, we can keep posting and sharing this until our faces turn blue. Nothing is going to change until you help us. Just like in slavery, those slaves that ran away with Harriet Tubman, they did not make it to the north by themselves. How did they make it? There were some brave white people who helped them. They hid them. They hid them underground. They protected them and they helped them get to the promise, their quote unquote promised land because they knew what was going on was wrong. I need those brave white people to be in this generation and help us because our voices are not going to be heard. There's only so much yelling we can do. I'm yelled out. I've cried out. I have no more tears for these situations. So we need you guys to help us and carry us to the finish line. So, dear white people, help us, please. Thanks, you guys, for listening to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Tune in next week.